with all the outdated news and important views that you uh, obviously are interested in hearing if you're listening to this, which is probably says more about the listener than us. Well, actually, no, it says a bit about said both a bit of us. about both. We're here doing it. Yeah, so I'm Dylan Toon with uh, Angus Norris, as always, and I don't think we have much to lead with. I would love to have some witty banter or something, but... No, no. Sort of witty banter, we just have news. We're sort of out of banter after Good Beer Week, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> just bounced out. Um, so yeah, straight into news. And we will kick it off with the merger of the Boston Beer Company, who makes Samuel Adams and Dogfish Head, which is a weird merger on paper. And you'll have to tell us more about it. I, guess. I think when you... Uh, on paper, I agree, it looks a bit weird. But I think when you dive a bit deeper into it, think about it a bit more, it actually makes a bit of sense. So are we going to see a 120-minute lager? That's the real question. <laughs> well, I think Sam Adams are this brewery that have really struggled to go from, you know, to anything other than Sam Adams. Yep, yep. You don't see IPAs from them. You know, they make seasonals, but, but they never take Boston off. Boston lager is quite popular. Yeah, it's phenomenal, too. Yeah, it's great. It's great beer, yeah. Um, and then you've got Dogfish Head, who are known for the, you know, the eccentric Eclectic stuff. Eclectic and... Big yeah. IPAs. Sea Quench is like one of the top beers in America at the moment. Their little Goza. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, so they're n- known for this innovative stuff. And I think you've effectively gained both arms. You know, a lager brewery which can pump out it's heaps of stuff. kind of interesting. It'd be like, you know, Cooper's merging with Boat Rocker or something. It's something like one. that. Or Cooper's and Stone and Wood or something. Yeah. You know, maybe they're not eclectic No, I enough, get what you mean. Yeah. Though. Like, yeah. Um, Cooper's and old four pines. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. Um, and I would, I'm would i interested to see how it feels. Like, do you think it's a good move? Or? Well, the other element of it is that Jim Cook, who's the um, Boston Beer Company guy, yep. he's, I think, in his early 70s, mm. or he's at least close to. Um, Sam Calagione, who's the dogfish head guy, is mid-40s. Yeah. And he's that that fierce, fiercely independent, you know, craft beer guy and um, so he's the perfect ceo to take over that as a conglomerate it's almost like kind of patriarchal sort of move being like you know appointing a successor because he knows that it, sam adams and Boston it'll stay will independent yeah yeah if and we do this sort of thing um and yeah it's quite the value is quite interesting it's a lot lower than what dogfish head would have been valued at five years ago Completely you know, unsurprising. I think they had a billion dollar offer when Ballast Point sold. Did not take it. Now they have a well. What's effectively a not argue with the independence of a man who turns down a billion dollars. Well, exactly. Um, and I, I'm not surprised they don't. They make pretty classic IPAs and weird stuff. Yeah. So it, I can see why the valuation's gone down. There's so many breweries in America. That's There's right. So many that's right. And, and we've seen when um, Big Beer buys independent beer, sales drop off mm. a cliff. Um, I'm trying mm. to think of a counter-argument. I'm sure there is one or two. They, they would be the ones who completely lost their identity. I mean... Yeah. Maybe Golden Road sells more. <laughs> Goose Island probably does. Goose Island probably does. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, In Australia, I think it's similar, to be honest. The guy... I reckon Pirate Life sales probably would have... They would have tanked. But like... But purely because I stopped buying Pirate Life. <laughs> <laughs> Why is most hex sales drop 300%? Um, 
But I think they've also got their way into more venues, so maybe like, mm. they're selling less to us, but perhaps. This, this is always the thing. It's like they're selling less to the people in your bubble that talk about it. But are more people buying Pirate Life Pale instead of Four Pines Pale? Or, or Cooper's Pale. Pale, or... Yeah. Because yeah. they'd be at all these CUV tap points now. Yeah. And, I mean, that's really good for everyone. Uh, another topic, but it's more... It's interesting to think about, like, a Four Pines... I can't imagine their sales would have been huge. Like, apart from sport venues with Pacific Ale, like, you'd imagine they'd fell on. Feral might probably still doing, right? Yeah, I think Feral are probably the Most ones that... Most people don't know that Feral sold. I think... Well, they also sold to Coke, which yeah, is a bit different. less of a... Uh, like, because Cardinal people sin. aren't as against non-big beer. You know, it's big beer's the enemy, not big corporations. Also, Coke has totally let them do whatever they want. I mean, we have... Oh, yeah. We'll get into... Good beer week later on, but we had a bloody Flanders red from them. A good beer week, didn't they we? Just made, yeah. Um, so we will move on from that into the Untap Festival, which was oh, it was a it was a thing. <laughs> it happened, yeah. Um, so the gist of it is that it was a disaster, according to some. Yeah, and then others liked it. Um, it seemed like it improved, like it was us to start with. That's pretty unarguable. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened was they had a festival on an NFL field. Yeah, and it rained. And it rained. And, and like a massive thunderstorm. And, and, yeah. Yeah. and then there were a whole lot of logistical fuck-ups. Clearly they hadn't run an event before Yeah, and didn't know what to do. They clearly didn't signpost to people what they couldn't bring in. Yes. Because like, there's lots of specific NFL rules. Yeah, and that was the problem, which really, in retrospect, makes having it an NFL stadium. Yeah, but not. like lots of the stuff I read was American people being like, it's so cool we got to be on the field. And it's like, is it? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like, is it worth the trouble? And I mean, it seems like people who hung around liked it. I don't yeah. know if it was like, you know. They had plastic cups that didn't work. Like, cups aren't They were hard. tiny, too. Yeah. So, you mean you got given a cup basically to have pause with, and they were very small cups, and they're meant to be like commemorative sort of. And they just the cracked it. And that was quite them. an expensive event to go to. Um, the brewery list was good. Yeah. A lot of the breweries weren't very happy. I don't... I'm not surprised. Um, the ones that didn't have their kegs delivered on time were getting trashed on social media because of it was something that wasn't their fault. Um, but I don't... I I mean, I maybe... I don't know if anyone will agree with me, but I think this will go ahead again. I think it will They're going to run it again. Yeah. And I um, think it will be much better. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing you can say about Untapped is they normally learn from when they fuck up. And are they, like, refunding? People? Yeah, I think there was some... That I, they were a bit vague about that. <laughs> you do... I think people who ask them, perhaps... Are going to get their money back if they try. Impro- yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, and I think that's all you really need, because you can't go bankrupt, but you do need to keep those people as possible future. They won't come back next year, a lot of them, but... No. In three or four years, if people hear that it's turned if you around get it, and get it's in your town, control. especially in America, if something's in your town. I think the key takeaway for them would be to maybe get an event planner. That's <laughs> Someone who's run the beer festivals. Part, yeah, um, that they were very cavalier about all this. And the NFL field is one of those ideas that's very nice in theory, and a real event planner would have been laughed them and laughed at them and just said, like, this is absurd. Well, I think it's um, Beervana is at. Wellington Stadium or New Zealand rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To but don't they just cover the field or something in like a tarp? I'm actually not sure, but I know that the rules for entering a sports stadium in New Zealand would not be anywhere near as strict 
Yeah, that's that's almost certainly true. Um, also, it would be a far less... Like, it'd be a lot of people there, but I feel like less worldwide exposure and stuff, more chance to get oh. away with little things. And also organised by people who know what they're doing. Oh, that, well, that's true. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. I mean, it's, it's a nice idea, and um, it's just one of those ones that I think was not thought through very well. Yeah. It's kind of like scheduling a charity T20 for a game you know a day where it's going to rain or something it's like it's just yeah like the middle of July yeah and it's just not very smart in that regard and I think hopefully they learn from it um say it went badly but maybe not you know not Firefest Firefestival which was going around early in the day perhaps but they did seem to redeem themselves somewhat I think they pulled it together after the thunderstorm because that was another NFL specific issue yes and um (laughs) I mean no one wants to really drink beer in the rain you do it but yeah, it shouldn't have been advertised as all weather when it clearly wasn't. That was yeah, another... that was that was another. That was very unlucky and poor. Yeah, again, you don't say that though. If exactly, weather if it's is not. Gonna, if it's gonna, especially if it's gonna ruin. And if it's like a condition of your being able to host the event there, that yeah. you have to be off the field if it's um, a thunderstorm. Why would you say it's all weather? All weather except most of it. Yeah. Um, all weather, as long as all weather is sunny and cloudy. Basically. Yeah. Um, but it's probably, yeah. Yeah. Enough crapping on Untapped. They do some good work. We like Untapped. Um, yes, we do, very much. And um, I feel bad for the people that went there, but I hope this is a good learning experience and we'll revisit this next year. Um, next one, this is one you had on the docket, was the transparency of quiet deeds. I read a couple of articles from them. It kind of reminds me a bit of Black Hops with yeah. their, how open they were during that development process. Yeah, I thought yeah. It, I thought it was just something that the industry should take note of, really. Yeah. Um, basically, they posted on their blog what changes they'd made to Nuke Point and a couple of their other beers, like getting used to their new kit yeah. um, and what they were doing batch to batch. Sort of like some hop changes. Yeah, and, I think they yeah. changed something in the malt bill as well. And yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was really... Well, it's nice for people who drink, maybe, like... A lot of people will just drink stuff and go back and drink it again and we'll be like, why does this taste different? It's nice to have a Google, why does my new point taste it's, different? It's like people... Like, recipes are tweaked all the time, depending on, you know, alpha acids of the hot batch, you know, each year. It's not the Crops same each year. Well, exactly. And, yeah. What's an agricultural product? It's going to change. I mean, if you look at um, Beechworth Pale Ale, the Bridge Road one, they have sort of... They've written on there, like, they don't have the hops written on there, sort of have, like... It's an American style pale ale yeah. with what we have basically, and somehow that beer is still you know wins awards every year. And um, it's an excellent pale ale. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, but I think that's a, the way to go about it is just to be open and honest and be like, hey, this might not be the same every time. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. That, yeah, especially with their fresh, you know, changes every thirty days the stock, and especially with a brewery that is trying to capture the local community, it makes them feel like a part of it because you know they really need. to. You're actually sure. involved in. Decision. Yeah. Not involved in the decision, but you're being made aware of the decision. <laughs> I spoke to uh, my old boss at 161 about Quiet Deeds, and she reckons it will be a long time before it happens because of the community of Glenarish. She said, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it never happened, but if they're very persistent, it will be at least a few years away. Which is, that they, I should preface, we've mentioned the podcast before, but Quiet Deeds trying to get a tap room going in Iris. Yeah. A lot of support for it, but a lot of uh, yeah, and like, yeah. It, it's the com- the community's too old. They're going to be lobbying the council, going, "This is a bad idea." And I'm sort of I listen to her because she's 
runs a liquor store in Glen Iris, yeah. so she knows the rules and how much difficult. Well, you it just is. remember how hard it was for Otter's Promise to get their um, their taps. So, yeah, right? but it does help Quiet Deeds if they've got a petition that's been running for a while. It's got six hundred and something people signed it, and yeah, most of them are from it. yeah Glen Iris, Hawthorne. You know that yeah. at least you know close by south of the city. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that matters for a lot. And to things like this, the transparency of the process and like, even they, they pretty openly talk about the struggles they have and yeah. the frustration they have. And I think that's fine. No, I, I think it's good. Brings people closer to understanding what they're going through and perhaps maybe like pushes them. Like I, I only signed the petition a few weeks ago after reading a couple of their things. And it's kind of like, oh, actually they probably need my signature as opposed to that's right. that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that this would actually be good. Yeah. Yeah. This would be nice for them. Um, so, next on the docket is Roquefort versus the Lois, Lois, Lois? Lois, I think. Lois, Lois Bergmans um, in Belgium. Yep. I will leave this entirely to you, but it is about water and Trapper's beer. Yeah, basically. So, this is a long-running um, uh, dispute yep. between the Lois Bergmans, which are one of Belgium's like richest families, um, who run a lime quarry... Right near the Roquefort Brewery. Yep. Um, basically, they want to increase the mine's life. The mine's going to run out of lime in the mineable area at the moment in 2022. Yep. And they want to be able to dig down, I think, an extra 50 metres or something like that um, to extend the mine by another 25 years. You know, keep people employed, all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, basically, the mine wants... Roquefort to source their water from a water table that's about 60 metres lower than their existing water. Um, and Roquefort are worried that the water will be different, will change the beer. They're still a properly Trappist. They're fully Trappist. Yeah, so, um, so that they, means that they don't. They only make enough to... Sustain the monastery yeah. or something. I mean, I assume it's a very big monastery. <laughs> yes, yes, I think it's a big monastery. But it's about not making profit. So yeah, they can just... That, yeah. They just sell it at a lower... Yeah, or give wholesale back to the rate and, or whatever. Yeah. Or build more stuff in the monastery because yep. that's okay if you're sustaining the monastery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I can understand, like, if you've got monks saying, hold on a minute, maybe the community will take more notice. So it's, it's an intriguing little battle. Yeah, and so basically, the, um, the monks, uh, the, the mine want to test water from lower down, um, but doing that will destroy, if they test the water from down there, they will destroy the current water table, like oh, in the okay. testing. Even in the testing, yeah. Yeah, because they have to drill down through the current water table <laughs> to get to the... No, we'll show you. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, that's where it's at. Um, and so it's in court at the moment. The monks are going, come on. Yeah, we're you know, monks. Bas- basically. Um, but I also yeah, understand from the t- employment point of view, like... Apparently the town's on the monks' side, which is interesting, because that's also the town's drinking water. Tourism as well. Probably. I would assume there's some yeah. tourism. Any trappers, for I mean Belgium, you know, people would be doing a lot of stops, and yeah, also the town's drink. If it's town's drinking water yes, too, then so it's both. It's the town's drinking water and the monks brewing water. I don't want a Waco kind of thing. And it's like yeah. if we drill down and that is undrinkable, what do we do? Yeah, um, I doubt they'll be paying for it. You'd probably see the lime mine rapidly close and move away. I would think so, but yeah, we're talking about a brewery that's been brewing with the same water for almost two hundred and fifty years. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one to balance. I mean, everyone who listens is probably on the side of the monks who make the beer, but 
it will be interesting to see what the courts think. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it would have to come down to... I think they'd be somewhat within their rights. It would have to come down... Because if they can prove it's safe, um, they'd have to come down to an issue of some sort of historical preservation, I think, too. I think so. Yeah, which is interesting. That would be a, a bit of a landmark. I think it'll be a very interesting case to hear. So we will keep at that. Well, it's been going for 10 years, so it could be a while before we have a uh, <laughs> so in a resolution. we'll let you know. But it is, yeah. Um, so was the update, was that just merely because they a piece was published and sort of you got up to date and thought, hey, we should mention this, or was it more just like something happened? Or um, So I first heard about it maybe a month ago when The, yeah. Ga- the Guardian posted about it. Um, and, yeah, so it's going to um, a different court level, basically. Okay, cool. Basically, the monks are trying to go, let's preserve our history. Yep. Um, Which I think is great. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a crappy, more probably another crappy 10 years doing it, but I think it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Uh, next up is Brewdog's marketing drama and just a bit of Brewdog news in general. Um, it's a bit of an intriguing one. Uh, it's via Alex Myers on Twitter and... Uh, West Beer blog and Instagram, a few other places. Um, Brewdog, not really conducting themselves at the highest level of professionalism when it comes to are you encouraging really, future uh, employees. Are you really surprised? N- yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They're, it's always been a bit of wank, their whole attitude, but you, you'd kind of hope they'd be professional. You would like to think so. Um, but apparently not. Well, as we're talking off market, it's not like they're a brewery that actually can't afford this. Yeah, so but essentially they have been... There's been multiple claims of marketing teams and people. Uh, basically, Brewdog has hired them to... Quote-unquote interviews has hired them to, like, do things. Like, not hired them, but they have... Uh, Brewdog's interview process required them to do work Basically required them to be hired, <laughs> yes. That's the easiest way to put it. Um, the interview was doing work. And then basically they say the idea isn't good enough, and then six months down the track they use the idea. Yep, and then... <laughs> All of a sudden, some other people pop out of the woodwork saying, hey, that happened to me too. Yeah. Uh, there was a big thing with one of the, you know, uh, applicants posting an invoice and Brewdog edited that, posted it Twitter to make her look bad. And then being somebody who does not want to work for Brewdog, she was... The, ar- the arrogance to edit and post an invoice... Um, on Twitter. Which was clearly to make a point, not an actual invoice. Yeah, exactly. They said they would pay for her flights, and they didn't. And then she invoiced them for her time and yeah. said, I own the IP to the stuff I do unless you pay for it, basically. Um, which I think in America is actually good enough. Well, <laughs> legally. yeah. Legally. I mean, it just about should be, really. It shouldn't be done for it. For it no should money. be pretty close, too. Anyway, um, 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 uh, Brewdog posted it without the bit about the IP yeah. and just said, isn't it ridiculous that she... Wanted to charge us for interviewing for a job. And it's just, yeah, they ignore that it took, you know, Hours. weeks of their time. Yeah. Like, you had to fly across the country. and it's, Something they promised to pay for. Yeah, and they didn't. And it's just all a bit... Just all a bit gross. Messy. Yeah. Gross. Seems like how they're fucking up the Australian... Yeah, and then it moves on to the Australian side of things where they've got the brewery in Brisbane, which might open in six months or 30. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Martin Dickey was talking to Brews News yesterday and was like, yeah, it's a Greenfield site. Of course, it's going to take 30 months. 
And Matt Kirkegaard was like, well, why did you say to be open in six? Yeah, it's not really the problem. <laughs> like, you know, it's, um, it we does take a lot that. of time to do things in Brisbane because mm-hmm. there's a lot of land up there that is well protected and for good reason. But a I lot think, of environmental protection, but this is all like you don't tell people it's like he's going to open in six months. Yeah, and I think Brewdog seem to just say shit. Yeah, for, you they know. don't realize what they like. It's not a friendly chat. You're you're in a position of some authority in your business, and this is a big business. Like I think Brewdog even just if say you are it. punk AF, like you still have to. You're still making money. Uh, yeah, Brewdog, I think, just say things to further their agenda and go, well, fuck it, if we alienate 5% of people, there's still 95% of people who will care. And look, probably, they're right. Yeah, their brand is about that. So. Yeah. So, I mean, they're at least they're consistent. Yeah. <laughs> Consistently not great. Yeah. Um, which is a shame, because the beer is pretty good. Mm. Uh, punk, especially. I'm, so, I'm still really looking forward to fresh Australian brewed punk. Yeah, sure so good. punk... Elvis Juice Indie seem to be the real ones there. Yeah. That was what I read in a sort of a snippet. They and were the ones they're really looking forward to. Yeah. Is Indie uh, the lager? Yeah, the pills. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they're really looking forward to getting fresh yeah. stuff of that out to Australia. I think it was on Brews News, an article, yeah. a few quotes. Um, and I would welcome all of those. Yeah, that's all going to be good. If they use Australian grapefruits and things like that, that would be great. Well, grapefruit farmers, I'm sure, would mm. be happy with that. I mean, any, if they can integrate with the community a bit more, that would be great. Yeah. 30 taps, apparently. 30 taps? Yeah, 20 Brewdog and 10 local, which I like. That's good. Um, um, so they're going to try and get the locals on board, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that. Um, I, I like having, you know, it's I, kind of what you see. It's sort um, of not a Brewdog thing to do. Normally to be just, no. fuck you, we're Brewdog, we're great. Well, um, went to, like, Brewdog and Seoul, and they had non-Brewdog stuff there. Like, had some Magpie stuff, some collabs and stuff. So I think okay. it is probably part of their... Strategy doesn't seem like their outward strategy though. No, no, but they're realistic. I think. Yeah, well, that's fairly parochial communities like Queensland and Itaewon and stuff. Probably like yeah. I suppose that's good that they, (laughs) as long as it's done for the right reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, So moving on, we get the uh, update on the Independent Brewers Association seal. A sixty-four percent uptake of the Independent seal. so independent in 12 beer. months. This is yep. 12 months in, I think, that's, for the seal. Yeah, and that's very good. Yeah. Um, is that 64 of the independent market? Uh, 64% of the independent market, I think. That's Yeah, that's impressive. And no, 64% of the IBA members, and I think it was oh, okay. 56% of the independent market. Yeah, because most would be. Because almost both, all of them yeah. are in there. Yeah. You're going to put the seal on, yeah. you probably be a member. So 10% of beer value, 5%, 5.9% market share of yeah. these IBA breweries. And that's from ATO stats. So yes. it's excise Actual. and it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is good. That's all positive. And um, Australia is still in its youth in terms of independent beer and stuff, especially compared to America. So probably be forgiven for making more mistakes in terms of the purchasing habits and people not realizing things, but it, it's good. It's all good news. I think it's great. Um, um I look for the seal now. I think. I don't know if I've had to. Yeah, that is the other thing. If I, there was it, a situation where, yeah, I would probably, if I didn't know, I'd probably defer. But it's like the the buyouts have been so high profile. Yeah. There's not many brewers you've never heard of. Like, yeah, and I'm probably not the right. We're probably not the right consumers. But I, I like to see it. Yeah. Um. I think I more look for it as like a, have they put it on there? Mm. Sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really been. Uh, thinking about that kind of thing, so like obviously I wouldn't, but like um, the other thing that they launched was the supporters seal, 
which is going to be for bottle shops that and pubs and stuff. Oh, okay. That they're going to be able to put a seal up that says, we support indie beer, basically. Well, that's nice. Um, yeah, and they're going to have tap handles and things like that. I guess that's basically just for any pub that doesn't have CUB. That's right. Taps. That's right. Which is probably enough, really. There'll be a few. Yeah. And, um, I mean, most places, you can really tell when... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. might be good if you're in a some... new area, somewhere you don't know. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm not against it. It's... Um, yeah, no, it's all it's all really good news. Um, more sort of independence, more uptake of the independence, and especially using of the seal. Like it's percentage wise, probably going better than America. Like in terms of their seal and stuff. I would say it definitely is, but that's purely because they have such flux in there. Yeah, we're a little bit more because stable. we're there's less breweries and less states. It's kind not of not per little, capita though. Yeah. Well, but like, uh, I mean, in terms just in terms of pure yeah, organization, yeah. like it's yeah, it's yeah. a little bit easier. Um, so talking about independence, probably not a brewery that has the independence seal. I would highly doubt if they did. They'd, um, they'd be eligible. That's the thing. That's that's kind of yeah why we're mentioning them. This could be the eight percent. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, I actually had a customer today who was asking. Um, he's like, I really want just an independent beer. My brother's a brewer, and um, I was like, Have you heard of a brewery called Cooper's? <laughs> Because <laughs> um, he really didn't like a lot of my initial suggestions. Yeah. He wanted something more broad, and then so, yeah. And he bought Coopers? Yeah, so you know, yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's fine. It, it's more just like, it's just funny. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Coopers are independent, and we are talking about Coopers, obviously, and they are releasing an XPA. reason we mention this is because they are the biggest independent brewery in Australia. Um, they have been moving away from Pride, starting with the Session Hour, which uses Ella and Melba something like that um and this is like a big thing because all their beers use pride yeah um dark ale stout uh mild ale pale ale yep pale ale uh, sparkling definitely like it has that dirty bitterness that you yeah that's true um I say dirty not in a bad way so pride is just pride is dirty every pride is pride everyone who is aware of what Pride yeah. tastes like knows what you mean when you say dirty. Yeah, it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. It just is what it's it like is. Like an earthy. Yeah, very, earthy. very earthy. <laughs> like you, earthy and rough is what I like. To it's very Duck Australian. Took <laughs> a root out of the ground and licked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pride is pride. Yeah, um, you use it. it's kind of like fuggles but less tasty. You use it for certain applications and like bitterness. Australian sparkling ale. Yeah, I would use a pride. Um, I probably wouldn't dry hop with a pride. I wouldn't dry hop with pride. As a bittering hop, it's a very yeah. Australian hop. Yeah. And um, I like, but I do like, so Coopers are using Simcoe and Lemon Drop for their XPA, which can be out in start of June, apparently. Purple cans, purple tap handles. Um, Lemon Drop is the cool one. Yeah, but Simcoe is also interesting because uh, Melbourne, what's it, Mel- Melbourne Galaxy, Ella or Melbourne, I forget. I think it's it's definitely Melba. I think it's Ella. I don't think it is Galaxy. But they are like... Because they couldn't get enough or something? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's one of those things where it's definitely showing Coopers like, hey, we need to catch up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Their last few years are quite going, we're losing out to the craft yeah. market. Let's and they've done in. well. Their cans look fantastic. If we um, avoid some of their sort of PR crap. Well, they need to do, I think, less... Yes, yeah. Well, let's... We've been over that. We don't need to do that again. And yeah, to be fair, like, I've sort of put that... I've tried to put that in the back of my mind and be like, all right, that's been and done. Let's, um, 
a bit of you know an ugly that? mistake. Yeah. I would just... like to try a Cooper's XPA. I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, basically. I mean, I bought a six-pack Cooper's Mild the other day, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I buy Cooper's Best Extra Stout quite often. Yeah, their cans look great. Yeah. And um, I would like to say Stout and cans. Oh. Or a Dark Ale. Mm. One of those. I would probably buy I'd that. buy a lot of that, actually. Yeah. Um, so Coopers, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is your time to shine. <laughs> so while we're on dark beers, we should go into the AIBA results. Yeah. Interesting, as always, uh, a non-independent brewery, um, Four Pines, one champion beer with their Schwartz beer, which you can't be mad at that. That's a fantastic result. Pretty great to have yeah. a Schwartz beer winning champion beer. Um, I, I'm not sure if everyone will agree with us, but... As far as this podcast goes, it's uh, we can I think most it. people look at the uh, Champion IPA Award. Yeah, uh, which was Hawker's, Hawker's West Coast, West Coast yeah. which is brilliant. Well deserved. Yep. <laughs> Great well example of style. Glad it wasn't an Aper or a Brute. Now we just need bottled Schwartz beer from, mm. from Four Pines. Yep, that would be great. Or canned. Well, yeah, they're going to do a 500ml. Yeah, no, <laughs> but hey, why not? Only you and I smash cans of Schwartz beer. <laughs> well, we would if they existed. I know. Um, so, large brewery awards. We, we sort of... The actual beer awards where you can see them easily for yourself online. Um, we'll post a link. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. They are all intriguing to not intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Champion Breweries, Bolter was large, Green Beacon was medium, Blackman's is small... Um, so I guess instantly you're outside the Melbourne Sydney bubble. You've got Gold Coast, Brisbane, Geelong. Yep. Um, which is great. Cool. Yeah. Two Queensland. That's great. Um, I think Green Beacon might be third time in a row for media. Yeah, I'm not actually sure about. That. I'll check yep. that and edit it out. <laughs> if we're wrong. But yeah, three in a row as far as we know. Um, and that's it's all just good stuff. Blackman's do really cool stuff. Um, I'm really surprised they managed to get enough golds and stuff. Yeah. Because um, they, they make, make slightly of, weird stuff. But they make a lot of beers. That's true. So maybe they had five or six that were bang on the style and ended them. The only beers I haven't liked from Blackman's have been their sours. Just because I find them not sour. Yeah. That's really only it, though. Like, all of their IPA, all their hoppy stuff is really good. I didn't love the... I think it was called the Sea Spray IPA, the one with the salt water in it. Yeah. That was... Yeah. That's fair. But a fun idea. They every, are very... Every time I have, like, a Mervyn or, or an mm. Angry Reginald or something, they're always Even really good. Even their is very yeah, good. Yeah, that's Juicy true. Juicy Bang is what, um, what the name says. And we'll get down there at some point this year. Yeah, we'll have to. Might even do a podcast from Geelong. You never know. Um, so, yeah, good on them. And um, we'll finish up with slightly depressing news. It's more of a, a call to arms for yeah. any, any small US breweries who happen to be listening, i.e. none. None. Um... Sierra Nevada, Resilience, you might remember this, this is for the bushfires in Cal... Yeah. California? California. Yep. Uh, and this was a project where you could brew a Sierra Nevada recipe at your brew pub and serve that as part of, like, Sierra Nevada Resilience banner, essentially? Is that yeah, basically. Was? So every, there were, like, 1,400 breweries in the US yeah. that brewed, like, uh, the same recipe on their kit, basically. Yeah. And all the proceeds were going... All, all the profits, I think, which is the most yeah. important bit, were going to the fire... And I guess the idea was you could use us here in about a badge and say, hey, we're helping. And it's, it's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, you got the same image. Well, you got the same image. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so less than 50% of these profit donations, not even just donations, but profit donations have been made. Which, uh, this is six months on as well. Yeah. And that's, um, and Sierra Nevada's <laughs> letter was 
very well, very nicely was worded. Nicely yeah. done, I think. Um, uh, so it was basically, a gentle, very gentle push. Yeah, because it was also their reminder. Now you throw out the beer because we're six months in. Yeah, this doesn't taste good anymore. So anything also get rid of money for people who don't have homes anymore would be nice. Yeah, because you took advantage of that. Exactly. So yeah. now um, pay us. I'm sure some breweries are legitimately broke. Yeah, um, I'm sure some of them didn't think about it. I'm sure some of them are not being particularly honest about the whole process, and they're probably the ones that. And I'm sure there's a few that have just forgotten. Yes, no, and no, we'll, yeah, right, and yeah, we'll yeah, now I, and we'll now fix it up. Yes, um, and it would be su- good to see 95 percent plus of that money now come in. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of why we mentioned it. Um, this kind of behaviour probably doesn't surprise some insiders and things, but it's more like. The more people who talk about it, the better it is. I, I think so. From the, the more, smallest podcasts yeah. like us to the biggest, I think everyone should be mentioning, hey, give the money to Sierra Nevada. They Put get, the money in. You've, yeah. you've taken advantage of the publicity. Now it's time to uh, do, the right, do thing. the right thing. Yes, essentially. Um, and on that Spike Lee joint, we will end this segment and be back momentarily. back and good beer week was back and now it's not we're done uh and good, almost recovered yes just about um good beer week was good it was as always <laughs> beer and it was probably just over a week long yeah 10 days yeah <laughs> we didn't start till sunday responsibly yeah no i think it was a straight sunday to sunday sunday to yeah, sunday. yeah well late saturday yeah. <laughs> May have been midnight. Yeah, ish. Not quite sure. Um, but <laughs> De- no. Details escape me. <laughs> yeah, that's good beer week in a nutshell. But no, it was nice. It was good. Um, probably less messy than the gala as a whole, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, no, I had a good time. Um, I probably was a bit more casual with a lot of things. It was more like identifying the catalogue and really seeking out certain Stuff. things. Um more beer focused than yep. last year and the year before. Um, yeah, what what did you overall thoughts? Just I did a lot of food stuff this year. Yeah, um, that was really good. Um, and then yeah, lots of pint of origin. Yeah, I think I went to beer mash four times. Nothing wrong with that. The, my poor wallet doesn't think yeah, the same thing. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, it's always a little bit pricey. Um, the one that I'm sort of sad we missed out on of all things to mention. Um, was that weird little bar, like that weird looking pub in Brunswick that had some like weird... That was weird, wasn't it? Belgian takeover of a good... It was basically like, so if you imagine your everyday sort of CUB pub, RSL, sort of pokey kind of place. But they had like a advertiser takeover like Quack and stuff. Yeah, the and, and that was after we walked out of the Ale House project. Yeah. Like when they were closing. Like, what is and the, going on? We walked in, the girl was like, no, it's just done last drinks. It's like... What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want a beer. I just want to know what's happening just here. Just tell me what's happening here. Why are you serving quack? But it's great. Yeah. Amazing. Probably one of the only places in Melbourne serving quack. Well, that's what I thought. It's like you've probably got Belgian Beer Cafe and yeah. them. I don't even know if Belgian Beer Cafe would have it. Especially during Good Beer Week. Yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, very weird. Um, anyway, completely. Uh, overall, yeah, Good Beer Week. Good, fun, enjoyable as always. Really great spread of events. Great to see so many venues getting behind it. Yeah. Um, so many venues. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Which is very different to the Sydney Beer Week thing. Yeah, which we didn't mention. Now that I'm thinking about it. No, we can no. mention it now. 
Yeah. So Sydney Beer Week is not going ahead this year, um, which I guess is good Beer Week related. And yeah, I think I think it's very interesting that Sydney's doesn't get off doesn't get off the ground for this year. It's going very well, and you know when it was bought out in twenty seventeen, and yeah, and I think the one thing about that is it probably went from a a passion project to a commercial project. Commercial project, yeah. And, um, um, and the reason Good Beer Week is what Good Beer Week is is because it was a passion project. Still is a passion project, yeah. but now some of those guys get paid. Yeah, and I think that's um yeah. So hopefully Sydney can get get something going. Yeah, that would be good. I think I read stuff that the Bucket Boys guys are trying to get something going in its place. Yeah, well, that'd be cool. Yeah, um, it is good times, and it's always yeah a good experience. And one of our sort of favourite things is um Pine of Origin, and we did pretty well this year. Yeah, we did a lot. Um, so regional Vic, Tassie, regional New South Wales, Western Australia, Asia, and then you did Scandinavia and Queensland. Sorry, you did Asia, Scandinavia, Queensland. I didn't go to Asia. Um, um, and we also did ACT slash Northern Territory. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did. Um, we just only had only had one of those two at the moment. Yeah, that's right. That's why we went there. Um, but, yeah, no, that was, yeah, Pine Brogan remains a highlight. Yeah. It's all, one of my favourite things. Always great. You get to go to those pubs that you would otherwise not go to. Yeah. One of, like a lot of great places that you have no reason. To, like, not no reason, but you just don't have enough of a reason. There's not enough. There's never enough of the reason to go to the Dan O'Connell and play yeah. pool at 11 o'clock on like a Monday night. Or yeah. Like. But when you, you know. When, when you, it's good beer week and you can go drink yeah. some. Regional New South Wales. I'm pretty prickly sure. pear. Goes out, yeah. 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 Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. And, um. No, that was a lot of fun, and it's just, yeah, it gives you the impetus to get to these really classic places that we should kind of be supporting as, as yeah. Melbourne citizens. I drive past the Lincoln almost every day and haven't been in for years, and I reckon yeah. that was my pick of the Pint of Origin venues. Which, was that? That was the old pub in Carlton. Was that Tassie? Yeah, Tassie. Yeah, Taz, that was probably my favourite too. We had a lot of beer there, and we yeah, had food there, really which good was food. really good. Like, genuinely, like, restaurant-quality food. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, and, and the beer was... The beer list was awesome. Yeah, um, as you'll hear later. Yes. Um, and we also sort of kind of co-hosted an event. Yeah, I, I think we can time. say that. Yeah. Well, probably... We didn't have the venue, but we, we did everything we, else. <laughs> we hosted the event in someone else's venue. Yeah. Um, this was at my old workplace, 161 Cellars, and we brewed a beer, and we are part of the Grains versus Grapes event. Um Anyone who is listening happened to go there. Definitely let us know. Yeah, had a great time. Um, Really appreciated everyone being there. And feedback was great on our beer in particular. Yep, and just in general, feedback was very good. um, That we heard sort of throughout the week, and everyone had a good time. And I think probably got more than value for money. Uh, It was definitely a good value event. And um, yeah, it that was a lot of fun to sort of be a part of it. perhaps like made me a little bit apprehensive and probably led to me the mild blowout we had after the event <laughs> sort of like really thought well now that I don't I'm like totally all apprehension is gone so I'm just gonna totally get stuck in so yeah. like that was um yeah possibly what led to me feeling less great on the Monday <laughs> um but yeah so we'll move straight into the desert island six pack so this time we've sort of 
Switch it up a little bit. Six and a few that... Oh, yeah. And a few honourable mentions that you yelled to the guys you're being thrown out of the plane. Yeah, basically. Like, if, you, if you have time, I wouldn't mind. If you come back, those, I want yeah. these. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rescue me. Just throw these down. Cool. So they refill forever. Uh, it's basically what... If you could only have six beers of this stuff, right? Yeah. Like, let's just do it like that instead of adding more lore to this than it requires. Exactly. And this um, time we're not going with the style. No, we're not going with the style. We're going with a time period, an oh. event, a, a theme. Um... This is Good Beer Week. The best things we had at Good Beer Week in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so, rock, paper, scissors, who goes first? I'll kick it off because okay, I, know, my, I know mine's the first. Okay. Because cool. I had this on Saturday for like my only beer I had on the Saturday before our event. Ah, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, I went down to Hopheads in Altona. Yep. Um, just to check out what was going on down there because I'd heard good things. Yep. Sort of thing. Um, and I had an offshoot Grippet, which was a, you know, a Nipa, Um And it was incredible. The guy recommended it, said it's the best thing we've got on tap. They've got Alvarado Street, all that sort of stuff. Is it, this is the best thing we've got right? on tap. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. That's great. I had a sample of an Alvarado Street as well. Um, we also had another during the week. Yes, yeah, we had one on a can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was so juicy. That's great. Yeah. And like, is that Aussie or American? No, Offshoot's the brewery's um, IPA brewery. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I would actually be interested in trying that. Um, yeah, so they, they've done a couple of things okay, recently cool. that have come out. They've done like a green and black can, a red and black Probably can. Probably not really been looking for them, no, to be honest. No, it's but not, yeah. Um, you know me, I'm not really <laughs> looking for new IPA releases. Yeah, but basically it, the brewery went IPAs on us and mm. they made Offshoot. It's like, we're going to just brew IPAs. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And have our sort of niche. Yeah. And so that's my first one. That's, I reckon, in the top 10 beers I've had this year. That's, yeah, a great call. And um, possibly look for it at the Golden Pints 2019. Possibly. Possibly. Quite possibly. (laughs) Um, So my first is going to be one that we are probably like two of 20 people to have had, uh, which is, well, 50, 20? Anyway, a small amount of people. (laughs) <laughs> um, Insuperable by Molly Rose Brewing. That was cool. Yeah, which was a dark sour, um, which honestly makes it on here just about for style more than anything. But it was very well executed. The brewer was cool, came and told us about his process. Tiny bit of rose water in there. Yeah. Um, meant to go with food. Like, they basically just said, so Insuperable essentially means impossible, unattainable. Yeah, so he was given a brief um, to match the dish, I can't even remember what dessert the dish was now. Wasn't it? The dessert, the yeah. chocolate um, thing. Yeah, chocolate moussey thing, um, which was lovely. Which was awesome. And it was dark chocolate as yeah. well. And, yeah, um, and the food was really great at East Elevation. That was a great event. And uh, Molly Rose played a pretty good part, and then the brewer was really nice. Uh, yeah, lucky ca- enough to be friends with one of the guys at the table. So yeah, like, came and had a chat. Yeah, and he was more than happy to talk about it, and, um, and he just basically said, like, I just had to go. And basically ended up talking to us about brewing instead of his mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he essentially just said, yeah, I had to go. Uh, also said that his brewery is opening in less than two weeks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and it did really work, especially, like, for me. Like, I don't know if this was... Probably not on your list, but maybe didn't not. quite make my list, but it was good. Yeah, no, it was very nice, um, and I was very impressed. And it's always nice when you have to add an untapped check in to. That is always a good feeling. Yeah, it's it? always it's always a bit of a special feeling. But I mean, that really had no. It was really just like the dark sour from a good sour beer maker. Yeah, and that's uh, he is making some seriously yeah. good beer. Probably, I mean, this means very little when you think about the context, but 
Probably the second best Australian dark sour I've had. <laughs> Maybe third after Black Lips. Uh, yep, Black Rhino Cherry yep. Lips. And of course Farmhouse Noir. Yeah, Farmhouse Noir. Um, but yeah, it's you know, something. It's, it's wet great. <laughs> yeah, well, you might as well get yourself into a field where you can get recognised. Yeah. Um, so what's number two for you? I've gone with Dark Harvest, Bridge mm. Road and McKellar. I didn't have this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have this. On your list? No, not on my list, no. Yeah. No, we had this at the Cherry Tree. Yeah. I mean, it might have even been our first beer after we was up there. After We had the weird wet hop galaxy thing from... Oh, from King River or something. Yeah. yeah. Which was nice, but not uh, strange malt profile. Yeah, and it was like... And then we went Black IPA yeah. and wet hop and... I know, and Dark Harvest continues to be a spectacular beer every year. It always is. Yeah. Um, and I think my list shows my love of black IPA, which is probably why it's on there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's a excellent it's a style thing. It is very fresh. It's, it's an aggressive sort of like, not, it's like aggressively, it's it's like aggressively green, but doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's like, who the fuck cares if it's green? So, there's so much dark malt in there, you don't taste the, the that, green. That's right. But, but you can be you way know too green. You know it's yeah. green. <laughs> but you, you don't really know. It's like in a pale malt beer, it would be way too green. But yeah. Like, it's basically just like, here, have everything. Yeah. And that's I, I admire the ballsiness of it, and um, yeah. such a cool beer. I mean, it'd be yeah, I, like you within Circle Beer, sort of floating around my honourable mention. Yeah, kind of, exactly. Yeah, it, it was an excellent beer. It's like it's right there. Yeah, and there was a lot of things that were like that, and um, I might as well stick with IPAs. With close to the best beer I had all week was the Black Rye IPA by the Winston. I also have that at the Lincoln, and that was. Probably my, my biggest surprise of the week. I was not expecting that to be so good. That it was, was my so bi- good. That was my biggest surprise of the week. Yeah, it, it just had to be on the list. Yeah, and it was just it was probably one of the few that really demanded to be put on the list. Like really strongly was like you cannot make this list and not put this on there. So I have two that are in that category, and this is one of them. Yeah. So this was yeah again the Black Rye IPA, Black Rye IPA by the Winston Brewing Co., which I think is a brew pub. I think so. I think. Um, I think it's a pub in Launceston. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's either Launceston or Hobart. There was a map on the wall. So, to be fair to the Lincoln, it was our fault. It was there. Um, But, no, uh, that was honestly spectacular. Nice rice bison. It's just aggressive but well-balanced hoppiness. Just so well-rounded, the body. Heaps of chocolate stuff. And it was just, like, honestly just blew me away. It was, like, one of the few things during the week where I was just, like, Jeez, this is really, really good. It's Hobart. Hobart. There you go. It's yeah. going to be one of two places. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and a 50 so Apologies to Bruno Island, but yeah, there's not many other breweries there. But no, honestly, like spectacular. If you see it, please, please try it. Um, yeah. You probably will not get to try it again. Um, I, I think it would be very hard to get out of Tassie. I don't think I've ever had a Winston thing before that. Even in Tasmania, I had a collab beer of theirs, but I didn't actually have any of theirs. Yeah. Um, you can go to the Winston, of course. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just mean in general. It's yeah, not yeah. easy to find. It's not a big operation. And this is like, you know, obviously, probably the Lincoln being like, holy crap, it's really good. Can we please get a keg? And like, that's props to them for that. Um, so what's number three? Well, that was or my number, third. Sorry, number four. Number four for me. Um, I'm going with, it's an Amundsen beer. Yeah. Um, it's called Marshmallow Psycho Bourbon Barrel Aged. Okay. Sounds like a can you'd pull out at midnight after we've already yeah. had too much. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. It yeah. was, you know, huge imperial stout. Yep. Uh, what set it apart? I reckon, like, it just combined all these flavours that really well. Like, it was 
big... The vanilla lactose bourbon barrels. I mean, I haven't had it, but I can guess from the name. Yeah, you, yeah. you get what you get. Yeah. What you, you know get what you get. Yeah, uh, but it worked. Like, yeah, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't cloying. Um, you had heaps of chocolate. You had marshmallow and bourbon. And yet, marshmallow, chocolate and bourbon seemed to work. That would work in theory if you could yeah. isolate those flavors from the textures and stuff. And put them kind together of what you're doing in beer, I guess. Uh, well, they didn't really do that. Isolate them. Yeah, <laughs> like, awesome. it was big and thick yeah. and like yeah, no, it was phenomenal. That's right. As long as you pull it off, really. And I think that was towards the end of a night. I think that may have been oh, my last. When beer. Imperial, when our Imperial sets not. Mm. Yes, that's that is sort of true. <laughs> um, so, I guess I'll follow it. I'm just looking for a theme. Followed up with the biggest start in my list, which is the Locomotive Merlot, which is actually had at the aforementioned. That was event. really good. That yeah. was so close to getting in for me. Um, and that's eight wide. It was 2017 vintage, uh, paired with a... Oh, I can't remember the name of the Merlot. Um, High Victoria. Yeah, it was a Victorian one. A Morgan Vineyard that's Merlot. Right. And um, yes, that sold very rapidly. I'm not even trying to do an ad. I don't work there anymore. No. It was just, honestly, it was a great combo. And no, no. Inspired well, from... Almost uh, everyone Melissa. at that tasting wanted Yeah, that, that was the one. And we sold out on the day. Yeah, instantly. Um, and that was, yeah, that was really, just a really good sale. Like, the, the Merlot and the Imperial Stout works so well. You just get this, like, real I think it had blueberry. long enough to sort of blend together. It must be enough residual, yeah. yeah. It was just such a good implementation of wine into a beer. Like, um... And it was a great way to sort of like good kick in the teeth to kind of yeah yeah I I know I really liked it and um I'm pretty picky with imperial stouts but um you are yeah more picky than I am yeah but uh, I really like that that was really good um I can't say a lot more about that beer it was <laughs> yeah and it's not hard to find to be honest so like no there's a lot of around yeah it's so, it's a beer that I have now picked up one of oh good because it'll be because so, I'm it'll putting get it away better. it'll get better it's gonna yeah. improve um, so number five number five. So this was at Mega Digger, which I think is my favourite yeah. ongoing Good Beer A Week event. It's worth every cent. Your second time at Mega Digger? Yeah. 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 It's worth every cent. Um, so this year I sat next to Paul Holgate and his wife. Yep. Um, of Holgate Brewing fame, for those who couldn't, yep. couldn't join that together. Um, they Their beer was the last beer of the night. Um and it was Beelzebub's Jewels, which we had won in a blind quad tasting last year. Yes, and it won against yes, it uh, West Fletcher and West Fletcher and um, yeah, um, saying the same thing twice. So we had but the, also against the other big hitters, all yeah. the big ones, St. Bernardus, Rockefeller, yep, yep. blah blah blah. Um, and yeah, they they put up a newer vintage. I think it was a twenty sixteen. Yep, um, and it was Even the best better. beer I had yeah. all week. That's By an absolute mile. A very good call. It was even call. better than the one we had. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so it like the whole thing. the best quad you ever had, basically. I think it is the best quad I've ever had, probably. That is a huge call. Um, it's just so well balanced. Like, you've got this, uh, the sweetness from the malt and the raisins, you know, those flavours you expect from a quad. Um, and then it's got a bit of tannin and booze, obviously. Yeah, you have to. Because um, it's from the, uh, you know, theirs is barrel aged. Yeah. And you get that tannin out of the wood and out of the... Whole great secret it's weapon has always been their, their ability with bacteria and barrels. I think it's... It's cool, yeah. isn't it? They're just so good at it. Yeah. And they are one of the brewers that stick, you know, all just use the same equipment. Yep. It's like, don't care. We're just going to clean it properly. Yeah, and they it's do. the same brew house, yep. And yeah, that's, that's excellent to hear. And it's cool to have like a quad on there. 
I mean, it's kind of funny. We went to a tasting event and don't necessarily, you know, a sort of Belgian tasting event. Yeah. And um, that's sort of the one that gets on there. But that kind of tells you, I mean, it's much the same as our tasting. It's kind of, yeah. So I'm going to do two in a row just to catch us up a bit. I'll do a quickie first, which I don't think you'll have. Yes. Certainly you don't have. Um, Helical Rising by Burnt Mill Brewery, which was a 2.8% extremely heavily dry hops table beer. You had that when I had some huge Imperial yeah, Stout yeah. So with you chili had, in it. You had an 11% <laughs> Imperial Stout and I had the 2.8% table beer. Um, this rings a bell. Yeah, but no, that was it was honestly fucking good beer. Like I really so I had a taste it. and that tastes like a full body pale. Like, yeah, it was big and hoppy yeah. and like it was... It's like aggressively hoppy and you don't really tell it's 2.8%. Maybe that's the way to go. I think so. I've seen a few of their beers around recently as well. Yeah. Um, I assume they came in for the yeah, first time for good beer. They all, yeah. Um, but that was really cool and I'm really glad I tried that. And like, I'll often gravitate towards lower alcohol beers from highly regarded breweries just because like, I'm cool, intrigued to see what they did. I mean, we're saying this as we are drinking a commercial suicide by Jester King, a... <laughs> 3% oaked uh, English mild. I just love that you can have it buy a 750ml bottle at 1.95 standard drinks. That is the dream. And have it taste like this. Oh. Um, and so my second one is one oh, I'm guessing you're going to have, yeah. but maybe not, um, is Cantillon's Creek. I didn't put it in. It's okay. in the honourable mentions. Yeah. I mean, it's probably one that... It's an easy choice. It's, uh, uh, yeah. But God, it was good. Yeah, so we got the last of the keg, the very last. This is a beer deluxe Hawthorne. Somehow they're twenty litre keg lasted for a week. Yeah, which says something. Step up your game, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Um, but honestly, yeah, we ended up getting a, a schooner and a half for like thirty bucks, and it was, was the very value. last. Yep, and it was um, it was canty on Creek. It was incredible. I couldn't not put it on here. That was kind of my thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's worthwhile. I've actually gone with a slightly left field one yeah. from that same day at Beer Deluxe Hawthorne, and I put the West Marla Triple on. Oh, yeah. Really? First ever triple, you know, sort of yeah. what we call triple. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, they all kind of blend together for me. It was in the first set of beers. Yes, I really like that one. Yeah. It's one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just a superb beer. It's a beer I always... Yeah. Drink. I mean, most of the beer, there was only one beer that wasn't delicious on the day. Yeah, which was the Roquefort, which was disgusting. Yeah, and like, that happens, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine, that's oh. fine. That yeast character was so weird. Like, maybe they never... should give away the water. <laughs> well, maybe the, the mining company have already fucked it for yeah. them. <laughs> no, it was, it was a great day and that was, uh, yeah, no, that was a good beer. I, would, I really wanted to mention that some way, I'm like... Would it be too boring if I just put Orval on there? I really thought about the yeah. Orval, but the Orval was boring because you smelt it. I was like, oh, that's Orval. <laughs> yeah, so for those who didn't like go to it, which probably a lot of people there, it was um, basically a blind tasting. Yeah. Um, and Angus won, unsurprisingly. I finished a very respectable third. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it was, uh, Orval was the most obvious beer of the day. Like, even more than Chimay Blue. Yeah. Chimay Blue took me a second, but Orval didn't. Um, the, the, yeah, or- Orval was the most obvious, and the second most obvious for me was a Duvel. Mm. I told you that as soon as I smelt it. I was like, I, this is Duvel. And I didn't believe you, because I hadn't had one in five years or so, and I'm like, I don't remember it being this spritzy or anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. But um, no, you were totally right. And that was pre-untapped last time I had one, so yeah, yeah that was a while ago. And um, so, yeah, that was it was a totally worthwhile experience to try all those old beers. Um, not old beers, but you know. Beers that you wouldn't otherwise try, I think. Again, it's it's part of Good Beer Week's charm, I think, is making you try things that... You wouldn't. Yeah. Um, 
And my final one is one we alluded to before is the Prickly Pear Sour by Eden Brewery. Just because I really like the ingredient. I thought it tastes really cool. It had this really nice watermelon thing going yep. on. Um, it has some like, fond memories with how terrible we were at pool. <laughs> we were bad. Yeah, and it was just, I don't know, it was just good times. And it's just one of those beers that lends itself really well. Just drinking quite a bit of and having a good time. And Yeah, um, it's just a really cool sort of... I mean, I was almost thinking like putting watermelon warhead on another list, but yeah. it was kind of. Like, I thought about that as well. Yeah, it was kind of being like, an honourable mentions. Yeah, we can just assume that's going to be on there. But yeah, no, prickly pear very cool. Probably not something you have to try. I never ever would have tried that. Otherwise, kind of yeah. half the fun. So um, we do a few honourable mentions. Yeah, the only one that I want to mention outside of what we've already yeah talked about, I want to do the bonehead phase out slash in. Yeah, that was going to be my one too. My, that was the only one I really wanted to mention, honestly, apart from yeah. what we talked about. Um, um, I thought that was superb. So we cut through a voting line to get to the Black Sheep, which is the new home of Amber. Um, a bit further down from Amber than we had. Yeah. Um, but no, we went in there and it was kind of like your hop thing. It was kind of like, what do you, what, what's what do you reckon? On? And he was just kind of like, yeah, phasing out. And we're like, we wanted to try that. Let's that go sounds that. good. Yeah. And we had that while we were deciding what to do, not to go to Carwin, which was, we can't have been that drunk. <laughs> no, that was a very sensible financial decision. Yeah. And, um, no, it was, again, it was in the spirit of Gabilwek, trying things that we normally wouldn't do, yeah. like not going to Carwin. It's like, we, we, we can normally... go to Carwin anytime. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I can't really think of much else. It's honestly like, I would love to mention like every beer, pretty much every beer. I had cool on its own way. Yeah. Um, but. I think we've made a good list. No, the phasing out was really the only other one. I mean, watermelon, warhead, and candy on a few others. You can chuck them on there. And yeah, yeah. Um, we should mention that we went to Mountain Goat. This was your first time there, just because it's open at such awkward it's hours. It's so strange <laughs> that Mountain Goat is. So a we went there on a Saturday been. night, but normally not open on a Saturday night. It's like Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe Sunday, not even Sunday. I'm not even sure, but yeah, definitely Wednesdays definitely and Friday, Fridays. Yeah. Um, and so they had an event there bringing back some old stuff, which funnily enough, we voted for at the gala. And I reckon you voted for the one you had, I did. There, which was the black IPA. The black with... IPA. It's like pepperberry or something. Yeah. Pepperberries. Yeah. And, um, that was really nice. And, um, we'll set it back to the brewer, which spectacular little neeper yeah, that was they so pretend good. is a double steam out. Yeah. Double steam out. That's an eight and a half percent neeper or something. That's, I mean, if you think about it, it kind of is what the logical yeah, conclusion yeah, it of steam is. out would like be. It, they're not, yeah. <laughs> they're not wrong, yeah. but they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they're right, but they're wrong. That's yeah. sort of frustrating. Um, but really, that's it. Um, if you want to tell us your favorite beers, you can certainly get in touch. And yeah. we'll be happy to shout a few out. We no doubt forgot a lot. Um, Good Beer Week does that too. It does. Not only for getting beers, but uh, thank God for Untapped is all I'll say. That's it. Um, and we will be back shortly and we've got more ranking of lagers. We are back with the ranking of lagers. So we are ranking the biggest, quote unquote, it depends, you know, variety of factors. Essentially what we consider the biggest macro lager of countries, and we're going to put them in a grand sort of ranking list. So at the moment, we have got the Czech Republic, Pilsner, Urquell, number one. Tenants from Scotland, number two. Carlsberg from Denmark, number three. Gullmack from Norway, number four. Heineken from the Netherlands, number five. And the the dismal Vono 
at number six. Heineken was probably a surprise from last time being that low. Yes, that is. Um, but it may, you know, get a oh, a touch higher. Like it may, it's, it looks bad being second last, but it may end up being fifth. Yeah, it may end up being fifth. That's, <laughs> That's sort of where it ends up. Um, and today we have got India, Peru, and Japan. That's right. And for India, we have... Well, not so much decided. It's kind of, this one's kind of been dictated. Uh, it's Kingfisher. It is. And there's not really a lot of an option. I mean, India do have some cool little craft breweries and so on and so forth. But in terms of macro lager, there is really one name, and that name is Kingfisher and its many variants. We're just going with the standard Kingfisher Premium Lager. Yep. And, yeah, it is it is what it is. Um, and then after that... We are going to go with Koskwena. Koskenya. Koskenya. Okay. I have that on good authority from a Peruvian. Yeah, that's right. I had no idea. A Peruvian I guy I work with. <laughs> uh, so can you tell us a bit about Koskenya? Um, it's Peru's biggest lager. Yep. Um, it's probably best known for its bottle, which is quite cool. It's got um, they're sort of like Mayan ruins. Yeah, and it's and also textured and kind of a stubby bottle. I guess I kind of call it like a. It sort of looks like a smaller crown bottle. I was actually going to say it looks like a small crown lager. I'm like, that's silly. And then, no, no, it does. It does look like a small crown lager. Uh, it's a three thirty mil bottle. Yep, and that is a, it's North American adjunct as well. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, hundred percent malted barley. Okay, so it's a lager. It's a Euro, Euro pale lager. I think is what you'd technically call it. And then finally, we have got. So I mean, we've got three different types of lager as well because we've we got do Sapporo. Um, we couldn't find Japanese brewed, but we do have Vietnamese brewed. Which in I was shocked about. They're quite iconic. I think they call them, like, the bullet cans. Yep. 650 mils. Yeah. Um, and so they're brewed in Vietnam. So there you go. For the future, I was always assumed they were brewed in Japan. Perhaps they used to be. Um, but that's a rice lager. Yeah. So we've got an adjunct lager. Uh, a proper Euro, Euro pale lager. Yeah. And then we've got a rice lager. And so, yeah. I was surprised that Sapporo was the biggest. You know, out of Kirin, yeah, out of Japan, Kirin yeah. and yeah. Asahi. I think because Kirin has Kirin Ichiban. Yeah. And then they the export. Bit, yeah. I mean, but it, the thing is, it doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, like Italy has Peroni. And, yeah. And Peroni is still the biggest brand. Although uh, we've heard, you know, Italians would consider Moretti. And I think we're going to be back I think we're going to go with Moretti. Yeah, just from like looking at what restaurants actually stock and what people actually drink over there. Peroni yeah. is the biggest export brand. Peroni Nastro Azuri, I think mm. it is, is far and away the biggest export brand. But um, but in Italy, you drink Moretti. Yeah, I know. I would have thought Like, that's... I've got quite drunk in Italy on long necks of Moretti. Yeah, and I mean, I've looked at plenty of restaurant lists over there and they stock Moretti or something else, but not a lot of Peroni. I mean, I'm sure Peroni Red is around quite it's a bit. It's around. Like, you can um, definitely buy it, but... I, I think Moretti's the biggest Better reflection. Beer. So any arguments, you can let us know before we actually do it. Um, but yeah, otherwise, we're just sort of going to get stuck into these and... Come back with a ranking. Yeah, it'll be like one of those cooking shows where it's kind of like... One I prepared earlier. Here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> and so there'll be some rankings we prepared earlier as we debate this off air. So first up, we have got Kingfisher. And I think we have agreed to put this fourth above Gulmak. So... Heineken, I'm sorry, or you're already going down a little bit. Um, so this is brewed for the Indian market, 
And you can kind of taste it. I mean, they started in Bangalore in 1978, has a 36% market share in India. That's huge. Yeah. Um, and well so, over a billion Like I said, there is no debating that this is the beer. If you're doing macro lagers, this is the Indian one. Yeah. Um, so flavor, thoughts, I mean, for me, I thought clean, bitter. Easy it, drinking. Yeah. Uh, it's got the kind of adjunct thing, but it uses it well. It's not sweet, it's bitter. It's not sweet, it's not skunked. No, it's um, just clean. It's bitter. Yeah, it, it's actually quite nice. Mm. Like, I think this beer gets a bad rap. Um, partly because you drink 12-month-old ones in Indian curry yeah. <laughs> restaurants. Um, and this is probably... Uh, this is not... This is February this year. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not super fresh, but probably fresher than you'd usually. Fresher than normal. Um, um, but I think you get that. It's a fresh lager. It's crisp. It's it's actually bitter, which is nice. Makes you want a curry. It does. It's sort of like that kind of... Or like of... five more of those. Yeah, <laughs> like an, a, a two spicy curry and another five. Yeah, it. yeah, it is a bit like that. I'd have and a very nice time with that. I can see why it has the market share, and it is just, it's just the kind of lager you drink with people, and there's not really any disagreeable elements, which I think is the most impressive thing. Well, that's my my lager thing. Yeah, you know, everyone who's read the blog knows that. Is it offensive in any way? No, I would just prefer a Carlsberg over this. So I think yeah. the fourth is fine. I think Gulmak we said was. Too loose in flavour, Heineken. A little bit, a bit boozy as well. Yeah. But this is... I'm comfortable with this being a fourth. Yeah, this is a nice beer. Kuskenya is next. Yep. So this one is one of my favourite breweries. Like, I, I've always found this interesting. Because the brewery is called Bacchus and Johnston. But it's in Lima, in Peru. That is a very white name. It is. Um, so two American guys. Um, 1870s. Yep. So it's very old. It's old. A bit of heritage. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's now part of the Sad Miller. So yeah, Kus Kenya. We don't know the date on this. We'll preface by saying that. But that is awful. It's that really bad. God awful. That is I want... stale corn and barley. Yeah, it's oxidised as fuck. I mean, it's 100% barley, so it's not stale corn, but it tastes like stale corn. It tastes like stale corn. That's the remarkable thing. Um, this tastes like really old, really bad lager. Yeah, so we're going to assume it's old, but honestly, you can't really go on anything but what you're given, and I think there's no choice but to put this last. This has to be last. It's, it's actively offensive. I um, The other one was actively offensive, but only on the nose, the yeah, Bonu. That, you could at least drink that, and yeah. this is... Um, this is like, I, I, I am very... This forgiving. is bordering on Singapore stuff, territory. Yeah, I think it will be. Um, um, I've had this beer before. It's not awful when it's fresh. Yeah, so I have to... I mean, it does taste old, but... Honestly, we can only taste what you put in front of you. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we have um, to call this... Old. We can't find a date, and... And that's the brewery's fault, is... at the end of the day. And a lot of lagers are pretty hold up pretty well over time. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could argue that would be a point against it, because a lot of lagers, when they're a year or two old, would not... Say, it's is... pretty dark, which could mean that it's oxidised as... Not dark enough. It's no. It's still so clear and golden. It's, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find something for it. I know, I, I know. used to quite like it. Um, um, it, I had my last one in 2013, according to Untapped, and I reckon this could be that old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not impossible, we just don't know, and um, unfortunately, that's why you put dates in your beer brewers, because... Uh, you're getting ranked badly yeah, because Yeah, because Kenya is going last, and it'll probably take something special to talk It's going to have to be something disgusting to we'll go find below We'll this. find <laughs> it, we, we thought the same about Vonu, but... That's true, we'll we, find it. we did think Vonu could be last at the end. <laughs> Sapporo. Hello, Sapporo, indeed. So, yeah, this is, um, 
This is macro lager. Yep. Rice lager, I mean, the rice character comes through in the body. It's thin. Yeah, but not like, doesn't taste watery. Yeah. Which is kind of what rice gives you, I think. Tastes like Japanese and Chinese beers. Yeah. Um, I think maybe I'll give China a, a little bit more in that regard. They have, um, they have less light lagers generally. They tend to have a bit more bitterness, yeah. I think. Yeah. They're like us. Yeah, they are. We'll, we'll get to that another day. We should really do a segment one day of uh, China and Australia more like than you'd think. Um, but yeah, look, honestly, this, uh, I think we both agreed this goes below Gulmak purely because Gulmak is more interesting. This is lager.txt. This is this like is just the, ma- the titular macro lager. It's not offensive in the slightest. It's just not got anything else going on. You know, it's... It's one of the ones where the listener may struggle because it's like, isn't that what you said about Kingfisher? Kingfisher was bitter. Yep. And it had a bit of drive. This is a bit sweet and a bit nothing and a bit thin. Not yeah, in a... I, I think it's balanced. I don't think it's sweet. It's got sweetness, I guess, mm. a little bit more than... It has no bitterness almost, which is... I would like a touch. Yeah. Um... It is sort of like just a quaffing beer. Yeah, like, it's literally just like... You don't, you don't do, think you about, don't think about this it is, at all. You, you, it's beer. It's not bad. And much like Kingfisher was well-matched to spicy things, this is probably well-matched to clean Japanese food. Yeah, I reckon ramen and this would work quite nicely. Yeah, ramen, even sushi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eel, my favourite. Yep. Yeah, a bit of unagi and, you know, even like a yakodon or something, a bit yep. fattier. I think this would cut through nicely. I think so. I think it would actually cut through fat of fish yeah. very well as yes. well. Yes, yeah. Um, so I think... It, I mean, it, it's well suited, but I think I am happy having it at six. Six, yeah. Sixth. Yeah. Which pushes Heineken down to... Seventh. Seventh. So, despite the start, uh, yeah, Heineken is not going to stay at fifth. So, the new rankings, um, after that very in-depth and interesting conversation. Pilsner O'Kell remains number one from the Czech Republic. Scotland's tenants is second, Carlsberg from Denmark. I'm actually surprised that it remains third. Yep. Um, but I'm happy with it. Kingfisher is fourth. Golmak is fifth from Norway. Sapporo is sixth. Heineken is seventh. Vonu is eighth. And Kenya is ninth. I think the big takeaway of that is that uh, we didn't think we'd get something that would go lower than Vonu. Yep. And also, I think Carlsberg is probably slightly better than gets credit for. Yep. Um, yep. No, that I think that's third okay. after some pretty good stuff. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll get knocked off. From yeah, third. No, certainly. Yeah, we've, if we've learned anything, it won't stay there. But I think we can take nothing for granted that is anymore. Exactly why we should mention now that that is a good place for it. And I hope you've enjoyed ranking bloggers. Honestly, if you have any suggestions, we are more than happy to hear them. This was just kind of we just kind of thought, what can we get? And then you were like, Peru, India, Japan is a good combo, and I agree with that. We're looking for kind of eclectic. Fun trying sort of to, things. We're trying um, not to have three European countries next to each other. Yeah, one of the spread them out because a lot of them to get through. Yeah, um, and I mean the, the ones that may appeal to listeners, like what's a New Zealand? What's New Zealand's one? I mean, you'd say spates, but I'm open to arguments. I reckon it's probably Steinlager. It depends what island you're on. Yeah, I that, know. That's no, where it, but this yeah. is the thing. Um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of things to go for, and there's a lot of Steinlager variants. Even um, things like. Um, Spain, like yep. we, we discussed yeah. that today. What Spain? Australia, Moritz. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Again, the Moritz fact comes in. Australia from the outside, but is Moritz the more local? And, and, and I think even that may like be Chris Campo, 
which I yeah, think yeah. is drunk a lot in Barcelona, I think. One one of the Moritz is definitely a Barcelona beer. Yeah. Um we're not gonna get to Australia for a long time. It's gonna be a while. Yeah. Um but, you And know, it will be Carbon Draft. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be V B. Who knows? Come back later and find out. Uh we'll be back soon. As is tradition where we get stuck back in as Angus wanders around to the table with the cellar beer. Uh, this is Noz's cellar and we're at that time of the evening and yeah, after less heated debate than we perhaps expected during the ranking of lagers. Far less, I think. Yeah, it's been pretty cruisy so far, but we'll get there. We'll get there. There'll um, be debate about this, I think. Yeah, which is what we want. Um, we had a very good one lined up, which has been the rug has been pulled out under me from the last minute. And um, so now we're going to, yeah. Well, we mentioned this one last time. I think it's time to... This one, I think, has been in the fridge pretty much since we started this segment. Okay, that's all right then. Um, I don't really remember things, which is not great considering I both say things and edit them. <laughs> um, so I'm interested. Angus, you just tell us what this is, please. Okay, this is... Quest Haven from Stumblefoot Brewing Co. in the US. Okay, what is this? <laughs> it's big. It's a it's a uh, barrel aged sour ale. Yep. With apricots and peaches. Oh yeah, we did talk about this. We did. Um, whether it made it to the finished one? It did. Oh, okay, cool. But yes, we may not have talked about it in detail on the finish that is episode, but it was. Dark. Uh, Yes, this is a very Dylan thing. Um, what percentage are we talking about? It smells boozy. It's big, I think. Um, it is 8.5%. Uh, that's not absurd. It's not absurd. Um, so I've had this in the cellar since January 2015. Yep. So it's four. It's a well before and a half we started this old. segment. Yep. Exactly. But about when you started having to clear out yourself. Uh, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, so why do you think this might be divisive? Um, I remember this being like enamel strippingly tart. Oh, well, it's maybe divisive for others, but perhaps not for us. Possibly. Um, but I don't really know what four and a half years is going to have done to that. If it's going to have mellowed it a bit, if we're going to get less fruit. It has that brewery kind of aggressiveness to the tartness. Um, not a lot of fruit. Some dried apricots. Very much dried fruit, which I find happens a lot with uh, beers as they age. You get dried elements of the fruit, much like you get um, with when we have our we make a raspberry sort of beer, yeah, and yeah. you get candy like raspberry jam. Yeah, um, and I find that's just kind of how it integrates into the beer over time, and that's definitely what, what I get here. Uh, it's sort of more of like a candy, dry apricot, peach thing going on, um, almost kind of like those little peach sour candies. It, Very much like those peach sour candies. Yeah, say that. I quite like those peach sour candies. Mm, they're that delicious. Works for me. Um, it is, as I said, brewery level tart, I think. Um, but perhaps less lingering. I reckon it lingers. 
Not as much as the brewery ones. I no. They, they, they're like properly like... I think this is a more aggressively sour than they are. Yeah, this is more of an angry beer. <laughs> but it goes away pretty quickly. Yeah, in fairness... Let me have just another sip before I... kind of just goes down and then it's gone. Actually, the tartness does fade quite yeah, quickly. And you get left with that sweet... Um, it's on the back palate. It's on like the tonsils. <laughs> like, this is pretty much exactly what I remember. It's maybe slightly less acidically bitter, or I've had palate shift and... Yeah, either or. Um, look, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. I don't really have much <laughs> much pause in saying that. Um, again, we have failed at being divisive. Well, here I was hoping that this would have gone... Re- I, I honestly had forgotten about this. Like, I hope this $50 beer is a piece of shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um... I remember this vividly because the first time I had this was at the Wheat Sheaf Hotel in Adelaide. Yeah. Which famously doesn't have air conditioning. So the perfect beer. I was there on the 5th of January for work, which is really rough. Yeah. Um, But then comes mana from the heavens. And it was 44 degrees. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I will have a $50 American 750 sour. Because. 650 sour. Because stuff the world. It was a work expense as well. That oh, might have helped. Possibly the best work expense. And then the takeaway was also a work expense. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you, uh, business of Norris. Um, no, this is... Honestly, there's hard to argue with this. It's just very well balanced. Um, it's a cool thing to try. So, again, as always, thank you for cracking this. It's Not well timed. It's... It's one of those that you going to make the girlfriend happy. She's like, I've been seeing this for five years. <laughs> it's not there anymore. You're like, yeah, I actually drank it. And it is a distinctive label. You yeah, no, no, you would. One. So this is a very Willy Wonka by way of the Teletubbies. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> sort of Adam and Eve sort of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, but in a very distinctive style. Yeah. It's very cartoony. It's a bit if of you'd fun. seen it, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, you about. can give it a bit of Google. Yeah. Uh, us describing it is going to do no favors to either us or you. Um, but no, it's nice. And again, we haven't done anything, but we will find a bad beer. We'll do it. I'm sure there is one in there. We're just going to get to kind it. Kind of why I backed in not cracking the other one. Are we going to crack that in the future? Is that a future? Yeah, that'll happen. Okay, so I won't say what it is, but we had one that was lined up. But A, we both knew what it was. B, we're both pretty sure it'd be spectacular. And that's yeah. a lot of fun. But um, we, it's fun for us. It may not be good listening. Yeah, so again, we've, we've had a go. And um, yeah, speaking of not good listening, probably wrap it up. Yeah, thanks for putting up with us for whatever we've done here. Yeah, look, an hour well over an hour. Look, honestly, not that much longer than we would have thought. Yeah. Um, we thought Good Beer Week might have taken longer than it did. Good Beer Week is good. Yeah, exactly. If you want us to rattle on for 15 minutes, send us beer or questions. Yeah, we're always open to beer. Um, or questions. Like, honestly, questions will probably make us talk more. That's true. Um, but we would like to do another one about sort of paving the, the road segments. We had sort of a half one about Cooper's sparkling in the post, so we may... Yeah, more about Australian sparkling in general, if that sounds like something you might be interested in. Uh, yeah, flick us an email over the next month or so and... We'll uh, see what we can do for yeah. sparkling ale. Australian sparkling ale would be very fun. Well, as the only sort of Australian indigenous Distinctive, style. yeah, yeah. And um, also extremely hard to find. <laughs> Might need a couple of months. 
Um, we'll do our best. Yes, we will. Um, as always, you can email to... Gus.Norris7 at gmail.com. Or leave a comment on the Bureau Clock website. This will hopefully be up not too far into June, and we'll be getting ready for July. And so that gives you a time frame. I don't really know where I was going with that. Um, yeah, well, we've got good uh, lots of year of local stuff coming up. Yes, yeah, year of local... Um, Give us a quick update just before we finish. Um, how are you going? Do you have numbers? Uh, numbers? Look, we're doing Is probably that... as well as could be expected. Yeah. Um, had beers from, I think, 80 of the Victorian breweries. Yep. Number, number changes. 30, 40? Yeah, we're in the mid-30s, I think. Um, so slightly behind where we thought we'd be, but probably realistically where we would be. Yep. Uh, May was always going to be a big problem. Yes, it was. But you've done something. Yeah, I've done a few. Done um, five to ten? Something like that. Yeah, and they've been good reads and some interesting places. You've gotten out to some places. Uh, soon we're going to try to get out to Geelong. Yeah. It's kind of a big one. Yarra um, Valley. Yeah. And um, the high country's got to happen at some point. I mean, even some small ones. We've got, like, we were talking about the one in Kew the other day. Oh. There's a few ones we just got to get. A few that are just awkward to get to or yeah. don't have a lot around them or... A difficult by public transport or one or more of them but you know currently we've... working on all the ones with um without cellar doors trying to like yes just source that's their a good beers. way to do it yeah and um because um, those i can pump out sort of at any point and thank god rockpool didn't brew their own um <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you a question i'm like wait no this is we're still recording this is not imperative um <laughs> thank you very much for listening as always uh Please let us know. Please give us suggestions for ranking your blogger. Feedback. My God, please. Suggestions for ranking your blogger. We are struggling. Um, Just feedback in general. Yep. We're open to anything. Yep. 